0: section seventy-four of germany the netherlands and switzerland this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by phone the world's story volume seven germany the netherlands and switzerland edited by eva march tappen Section seventy-four, Anton van Dyck, fifteen ninety-nine to sixteen forty-one, by Clara Erskine Clement. The greatest painter among the pupils of Rubens was Anton or Antony van Dyck, or van Dyck as it is also spelled. He was born at Antwerp in fifteen ninety-nine. His father was a silk merchant. And his mother was a lady of artistic tastes. Though she had twelve children, she yet found time to do much embroidery and tapestry work. She had a daughter named Susanna, and it may have been on account of this child that her finest work was a large piece on which the story of Susanna was represented. She was occupied with this before the birth of Antony, who was her seventh child, and during his early years she skilfully plied her needle and wrought her many-coloured silks into landscapes and skies trees and houses men and animals with untiring patience and uncommon excellence it is easy to understand that this mother must have rejoiced to find that anthony had artistic talent and it is probable that it was through her influence that he became a pupil under the artist heinrich van baalen when he was but ten years old he was still a boy not more than seventeen when he entered the studio of rubens just at a time when the great master was devoting himself to his art with his whole soul and had a large number of young students under his direction van dyck soon became the favorite pupil of rubens and was early allowed to do such work as proved that the great artist even then appreciated the genius of the brilliant and attractive youth for such we are told that Dyck was among other things rubens entrusted to Van Dyck the labor of making drawings from his pictures to be used by the engravers who made prints after his works for which there was a great demand at this time it was necessary that these drawings should be very exact, so that the engraving should be as nearly like the original works as possible, and the fact that van Dijk, when still so young, was chosen for this important task, proves that he must have been unusually skilful and correct in his drawings. Rubens left his studio but rarely, and when he did so his pupils were in the habit of bribing his old servant to unlock the door of his private room that they might see what the master had done the story goes that on one occasion just that evening when rubens was riding the scholars as they looked at his work jostled each other and injured the picture which was not yet dry they were filled with alarm and feared expulsion from the school after a consultation they begged von dyck to restore the injured picture with some hesitation he did so and to the eyes of the pupils it was so well done that they counted on escaping discovery the keen eye of the master however detected the work of another hand than his own he summoned all the pupils and demanded an explanation and when he knew all that had happened he made no comment it has even been said that he was so well pleased that he left the picture as Van Dyck had restored it. Some writers say that this accident happened to the face of the Virgin and the arm of the Magdalene, in the great picture of the Descent from the Cross, now in the Antwerp Cathedral, but we are not at all certain of the truth of this statement when van dyck was ready to go to italy he made a farewell visit to rubens and presented him with three of his pictures one of these the roman seizing christ in the garden of getzimane rubens hung in the principal room of his house and was never weary of praising it the master returned his pupil's generosity by presenting him with one of his finest horses van dyck made his first stop at sabeltum a village near brussels here he fell in love with a girl named anna van oppen and forgot italy and his art while gazing in her face and wandering by her side through the fair valley in which she dwelt but anna regretted his idleness and was curious to see the pictures that he could paint finally he yielded to her persuasions and painted two pictures for the parish church of sableton one of these was a holy family in which the virgin was a portrait of anna while st joachim and st anna represented her father and mother this picture he gave to the church it has long since disappeared and it is said that it was used to make grain bags by french foragers the second picture for which he was paid represented st martin of Tours. When he divided his cloak with two beggars. The saint was a portrait of Van Dyck himself, and the horse he rode was painted from that which Rubens had given him. The picture was very dear to the people of Sabeltum, and when in 1758 they discovered that the parish priest had agreed to sell it, they armed themselves with pitchforks and other homely weapons, and surrounding the church insisted that the picture should not be removed in 1806 however they were powerless before the french soldiers and though they loved their saint as dearly as ever he was borne away to paris and placed in the gallery of the louvre where he remained until 1815 when he was taken again to saddleton and restored to his original place it is also said that in 1850 a rich American offered twenty thousand dollars to anyone who would bring this picture to him, no matter how it was obtained. Some rogues tried to steal it, but the watchdogs of Savileton barked so furiously that the men of the village were alarmed and rushed to the church so quickly that the robbers scarcely escaped. Since then, a guard sleeps in the church and saint martin is undisturbed and may always be seen there dividing his cloak and teaching the lesson of that christian charity for which his own life was remarkable on one occasion van dyck was at haarlem the home of frans hals a noted dutch portrait-painter van dyck sent for him saying that a stranger wished his portrait painted and had but two hours to stay for it Hals seized the canvas and finished the picture within the given time. Van Dyck praised it warmly, and said, "'Painting seems such a simple thing that I should like to try what I can do at it.' Hals changed places with him, and the visitor painted the second portrait as quickly as the first had been made. When Hals saw the picture, he embraced the painter and cried, "'You are Van Dijk!' No other could do what you have now done. Among Van Dyck's most distinguished portraits are those of Charles I and his family. Perhaps the most pleasing of these is the picture of the three children of the king, a subject which Van Dyck several times repeated. End of section seventy-four. This recording is in the public domain.